everyone. Welcome to The Daily Word. I'm really glad that you've joined me. And for our Daily Word today, we're in the book of the prophet Zechariah. We're in chapter 8. I want to share with you verses 9 through 17. And then let's talk for a few minutes today about living under the anointing of God. So if you would, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says, Be strong and finish the task. Ever since the laying of the foundation of the temple of the Lord of heaven's armies, you have heard what the prophets have been saying about completing the building. Before the work on the temple began, there were no jobs and no money to hire people or animals. No traveler was safe from the enemy, for there were enemies on all sides. I had turned everyone against each other. But now I will not treat the remnant of my people as I treated them before, says the Lord of heaven's armies. For I am planting seeds of peace and prosperity among you. The grapevines will be heavy with fruit. The earth will produce its crops and the heavens will release the dew. Once more I will cause the remnant in Judah and Israel to inherit these blessings. Among other nations, Judah and Israel became symbols of a cursed nation, but no longer. Now I will rescue you and make you both a symbol and a source of blessing. So don't be afraid. Be strong and get on with the rebuilding of the temple. For this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. I was determined to punish you when your ancestors angered me, and I did not change my mind, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. But now I am determined to bless Jerusalem and the people of Judah. So don't be afraid, but this is what you must do. Tell the truth to each other. Render verdicts in your courts that are just and that lead to peace. Don't scheme against each other. Stop your love of telling lies that you swear are the truth. I hate all these things, says the Lord. Now, the Lord in chapter 8 here is sharing this great vision of restoration for Israel, for Israel and Judah, for this now reunited people. And it is a vision where the people would live under the anointing of God, live in His manifest, manifest presence under His blessing. And then He calls the people to respond to this vision, to accept the vision to accept even the conditions of the vision. He says, carry on in faithful obedience. Be strong and finish the task, he says. Finish the building of the temple at the call of God. And then you see that the Lord asked them to notice the, the shift in the atmosphere, the change of conditions that something has happened since they have put their hand to the work that the Lord had given them to do. There is growing peace and prosperity and harmony. And so we read in verse 13, So don't be afraid. Be strong and get on with the rebuilding of the temple. You see what's happening, God is saying. You see how I'm bringing prosperity, how I'm bringing blessing, how I'm bringing unity bringing harmony. God says that he is determined to bless. So he says in response to that, receive it. Determine that you will live according to the word of God. Determine 
that you will do what is just and right in the courts, render just verdicts, verdicts that lead to peace. Do things that lead to peace. Don't lie. And, and so, love, truth, and peace. Now, as we're looking at this direct link between obedience and living under the anointing of God, I think it, it's important that we just acknowledge here that we don't save ourselves. We don't receive salvation by obedience. That's not what this is about. But what we do find is that obedience is a sign. It is uh, visible evidence of a living faith. It is the fruit of faith. We, we receive the grace of Jesus by faith, putting our faith in Jesus, and that is a faith in Jesus as both Savior, the one who died for our sins and rose again, but also putting our faith in Him as Lord, for He is both. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when we, friends, determine to disobey God, what, what truly happens is that we, and, and I'm sure that you know this, I, don't, I probably don't even have to say this, but when we are living in a disobedience to God, we, we have no peace. What we find is that we're, we're actually wrestling with the Spirit, and we have actually sloughed off the anointing. We've pushed back away from God. We have, have essentially rejected the power of the Holy Spirit because the Spirit is, is interceding and, and moving according to the will of God, of course. And when we are, are moving against the grain, if you will, what we find is that we have forfeited the power of God in which we might walk as we walk in obedience. The anointing, uh, it, it doesn't mean that nothing bad will ever happen to us. It does mean that we are safe forever. That's what our salvation means. That we have a an inheritance that's kept in heaven safe for us. We do know that the anointing means not that we will have no trouble in life, but that the Lord will be with us through it all, that He will walk with us, that He will give us the strength to manage whatever it is that we might face. The anointing, we know, doesn't mean that all of us will achieve great worldly wealth. But the anointing of God does mean that we are all rich because we have the greatest treasure that there is. We have Jesus Christ. We have His presence. We, we have His joy. We have His peace upon us. And so we determine to walk with Him, to stay in step with the Spirit, to finish the work that God has, has given us, to be faithful to Him, whether it's in a season where that's easy and joyful or where that is, is just gut-wrenching and clinging to God, walking forward one step after another with God because we know that we are walking with Him. One of the, the, the very interesting things that we find in the book of Revelation right at the beginning are these, these letters to, uh, to the churches. There are seven churches in the book of Revelation. These are churches that John was related to, that he had leadership over, that, uh, that were, were, you can tell, very deeply connected. And God spoke through John, the, the Lord Jesus spoke through John 
and gave them direct messages to these churches. So for instance, to the church in Smyrna, he says, I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. Why is it that they're rich? Well, they're under the anointing of God. They're, they're walking so closely with the Lord. The Lord says here, I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they are not because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. So you hear that, that, that anointing does not preclude us from suffering. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. And then if we, we turn over to the latter part uh, of chapter 3, we see uh, the Lord's letter to the church in Laodicea, and it's a very different thing. Because of their worldly wealth, they assume that everything is great, that they're rich, but in fact, they're poor and destitute because they're not living under the anointing of God's Spirit because they have veered off course. They, they have they've moved into a, an unfaithful posture before God. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me so you will not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal and, and we will share a meal together as friends. Right, so you hear that, right? They think they are rich, but they are not because they have broken fellowship with the Lord. That is where the true wealth is. Buy gold from me, right? Get white garments from me. Get an ointment for your eyes so that you can see. This is all about God's anointing over our lives by His presence. That is what makes us rich. And so, friends, let us endeavor to be faithful to the Lord, to be yielded, to stay in step with the Spirit, that we might know and walk under the anointing of God, that we might we might know more and more of this deposit that's been given to us in the spirit of what is to come, that we might have more and more of this assurance that, uh, of the, the, the security we have in God because the hope we have in Him will not disappoint us because He's given us His Spirit pouring His love out in our hearts. And, and let me just say as we close, one of the things that that is a great joy in my life. One of the greatest joys is that what we're seeing in our church right now is a sweetness of fellowship. That there is a power uh, in, in worship. There are opportunities of ministry. Uh, 
And all of that is the anointing of God because we as a church family have collectively yielded to God and we are pursuing Him and we are pursuing His will. We are seeking to stay in step with the Spirit, to, to, to seek the kingdom of God above all else. And, and we are, as a church family, friends, we are walking under the anointing of God's Spirit. And may we continue in faith and obedience that we might continue to walk in this life that God has given us, this life that is so beautiful, that is so rich because it is in His presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And friends, until we have a chance to speak again, I pray that God would bless you and that He would keep you.